In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting and Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's January 25th, 2013, and you're listening to episode 66 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And we are coming to you from the surface of Hoth. From the inside of Tauntauns. Because I don't that... like it in here. Well, yeah, it is kind it, of... It's squishy, and it smells. It'll keep you alive. Uh, we, we couldn't build an ice... Uh, we couldn't build an igloo. Uh, dude, until 12 years ago, I lived in the South or in the Caribbean. Yeah. And we never really got more than maybe a couple inches of snow when I was a kid. Do you know how to build an igloo? I've seen pictures and read books. Can we build an igloo with only a lightsaber and knitting needles? And I'm not using my dream, my knitter's dream pride needles to make a, an igloo. Well, we could cut blocks of ice with the lightsaber. And you know how to make an igloo? Again, I've read books. Do we have anybody to show us how to make an igloo? I've read Books. We have dead tauntauns. <laughs> okay. That's what we I've have. I've seen pictures, damn it. I've seen pictures of brain surgery. I can't, I still can't <laughs> operate. I know you got to put a hole in the top so that you get actual air. I'm going back to my tauntaun. Fine. <laughs> Be that way. At least keep your keep your knitter's pride dreams in your in your tauntaun. Damn right. Maybe you can knit with its intestines while you're at it. Neat idea. That'd be a great Halloween costume. Ew! <laughs> Ew! Okay, just for that, I'm gonna have to post the sketch that I did last year at Halloween. <laughs> oh, was that the knitted the zombie? The knitting zombie. With, yes. Yeah, I did a sketch of a zombie knitting with her own entrails. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of gushy. It was awesome and yet also gruesome. Yeah, but anyways, back to Planet Hoth and what we are doing. Yeah, and I mean, we should mention that, like, yes. We do live in southern Ontario. Yes, we do live in the air in an area which, barring like Vancouver and Victoria, which have their own climate, is probably the warmest area of Canada at the moment. And I think our region and it's still been goddamn cold. We have a microclimate here. Yeah, because my parents are always emailing and calling saying we just saw the weather in Toronto. Are you okay? And I'm going. Are you kidding me? It's like yeah. It's like. It can be 10 degrees difference between here and Toronto. Seriously. Yeah. But, yeah, I have seen <laughs> I have seen some articles from, you know, places like Winnipeg. Yeah. Where they're reporting that about how Torontonians saying how cold it is, and they're all just like, fuck you. My brother's in university. I would point out, though, we generally have a higher humidity, which does yeah. change the quality of the cold. It does. So there we go. My brother is in is university in Ottawa right now. And it's going down. It goes down to negative forty at night. Mm-hmm. He says, "Yeah, my nose hair freezes instantly when I go outside. I yeah. try not to go outside." Yeah. Guess what? My family is visiting. <laughs> Your mother's going to die. She's going to frickin' die. <laughs> and okay, so like we were saying, yeah, it's colder, and we acknowledge farther north. Yeah, it's. Really, really yeah. damn cold. We acknowledge that. And they're all you, rolling our eyes, their eyes yeah. at us, who are like, oh my god, it's minus 25 with the wind chill, kill me now. Guess what? We're still going to bitch and whine about how cold <laughs> it is here, because, you know, that's what we do. So, I go to Taekwondo class. Plus, that way we get to laugh at all the Brits and the Southerners, who are like, oh my god, we got <laughs> half an inch of snow! The world is ending! 
So I go to Taekwondo two nights ago, and the instructor, How's everybody doing today? Good, sir. Is it still cold outside? Yes, sir. And I came this close to saying, Cold as Frosty's balls, sir. <laughs> but, you know, we had a couple in the class that were, you know, around the ages of 12 and 13. I thought, you know what, would not be a good example. Yeah. That whole discipline thing to go along with the martial arts. Yeah. And, sorry, you guys, you know I'm just taking the piss out of you. And I know, like, especially when you get, I know you guys, especially because, you know, we have to deal with it with the rest of Canada, too. Um, I know when you guys get snow, especially, like, Britain did get, like, a few inches of snow, and they did get, I think it was, like, a good number of inches within, like, a couple hours mm. in the areas of Britain, like, in the last week or so. There was okay. one or two days where they had fairly good snowstorms, and, like, the, the problem is, like, yeah, you might only get a couple inches or a few inches. That doesn't seem like much, but when you get it in the span of, like, two hours, that is a problem. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And, and I know in those places they don't have... Like, in the south, they're like, sanding truck? What is a sanding yeah. truck? <laughs> it, it, it also depends on if you are prepared, capable, and understand how to react to that weather. Yeah. What do you mean you put salt on the roads? Like, what the heck is that for? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. You, you stay inside. You don't go anywhere. Nothing with machinery and four wheels for you. But Yeah, and of course, nobody knows how to drive. Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. Because <laughs> they don't get it, ever. People around here don't know how to drive in snow when they get the first snow. I remember, like, oh, my God. I remember in university, and this was in, in the south, in Georgia, in Savannah, Georgia. I was supposed to be on a tele telethon thing to help raise money for an event. Mm. And I got a call the morning of saying, all right, we've postponed the event because we don't want anybody on the roads. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, she's like, have you not looked outside yet? It snowed. And I'm like, really? And this is when, you know, the only place I've really lived was home yeah. in the Bahamas and in Savannah. So I scrambled to the window and I'm like, oh my God, it snowed, it snowed. And I'm banging on my, my roommate's door and stuff like that. Go outside. You know what? There was a dusting. It was a <laughs> dusting. And she's from Delaware. She's like, this isn't snow. Get over it. But yeah, so while it's been so cold here, the knitwear has come in very, very handy. I've gotten thank yous from people that I've sent knitted gifts to going, you know what? Those socks you made for me? Thank you so much. <laughs> Those gloves you made for me? Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, this is the time of year. That people actually start realizing what a boon their local knitter is. So, on that note, what have you been working on? I am in Dollsville, but I do it for a good reason. Yes. This, remember, I am doing the monogamous thing, and at the moment I am married to Garter Stitch. Because this is my father's, I'm not going to call it a shawl, but it's basically in, you know, a big crescent neck warmer, so I guess it is a shawl, whatever you want to call it. My dad, in July asked for me to knit him something to drape across the back of his neck because he has a neck condition that if, even if it's a warm ocean breeze mm -hmm. that blows across the back of his neck, his neck seizes up and it's very painful for him. Mm -hmm. Which is why he walks around and does the GQ thing of laying his sweater over his neck and mm -hmm. the uh, arms come down front. Everybody thinks it's the whole GQ look and he's actually doing it just to stop hurting. So, especially for um, uber cold environments... Yes. I am knitting for him. This is basically garter stitch, and it's a crescent. It started out 11 stitches long, about, mm -hmm. about there. And every single row, I knit three in, knit front and back, knit along to the last four stitches, knit front and back, knit the last three. And I've been doing that every row. So I'm adding two stitches every row, 
It's garter stitch. I did experiment with stocking it stitch to mm-hmm. begin with, but it rolled very easily. Yeah. As it will. And pretty much this is my life. It is gray alpaca. Yeah, I was going to say too, it's charcoal gray. Yeah. It's charcoal gray alpaca. <laughs> Which I like in certain patterns or I like in conjunction with... A charcoal gray is a wonderful color to put with other things. Yeah. Not so much when you're doing garter stitch. Well, I had to keep in mind that, you know, this is for a dude, an older, yeah. you know, gentleman. And you're doing it in sock yarn, by the look of it. Yeah, and um, you know what? This is this is where the the marriage actually sort of becomes very um, monotonous. And I'm trying to make this my TV knitting and my whatever knitting, but like I said, my family's coming up to visit very soon. I need to have this done. Yeah. So I'm trying, trying, trying to finish this because I still want to finish my easy ruffle cardigan before my birthday. Yeah. Which is another aspect of pseudo-monotony, but at least... Which is two months from today? Oh, dang, you're right. Ensu panic. Thank you for pointing that out. Oh, that's what I'm here for. Oh, damn you. At least with the, uh, the easy rib cardigan, I've got you know, knitting and purling, and I can see a garment that I'm finishing up. Yeah. It's not just a... It's just not a blob. Gray blob. Yeah. So at least there's, you know, some sort of spice in the marriage if I'm going monotonous that way. But yeah, that's pretty much me. And I'm like, I'm now getting to the point where I'm desperate to knit something with a pattern and <laughs> cables and eyelets again. You're desperately thinking of having an affair? Don't look at me like that. <laughs> so yeah, so- that's what I've been doing. Prior to this, did you finish anything since the last time? I did finish the Jaffrey hat. Yay! I did not have enough yarn. Oh dear. So I just sort of bit it and went and got some more. I it was a little bundle of purple yarn that I had left over from uh, another Um, set of you know fingering weight yarn. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? It's just going to be like the center of a flower, just Mm -hmm. right because it was only that much that I needed. And I'm holding my fingers in a circle. And the circle is maybe two and a half inches across. Yeah. That's what I need. That's the yarn that I needed. Mm-hmm. So close. Yeah. So close. Pretty much. The problem is, I finished it, found, you know, tied up the edges. I don't want to look at it now. I haven't even gotten to blocking it. I sort of just finished it and then tossed it to the side. Yeah. And that's not the fault of the pattern at all. I'm done with this. Done. And I don't know what happened in my head with my love for this this hat. That I saw, because I fell in love with this hat from the, mm-hmm. from the pictures. I don't know, maybe I should force myself to block it, and maybe it'll renew something. Give that relationship another Spark. chance? Yeah. Sort of the, the knitter's version of, like, you know, meeting the husband in, wrapped in saran wrap at the front door <laughs> at the end of the day. That sounds... Never mind. So, any future projects? I know you had a question for our audience. Yes, so I would did. like to pose it now. Okay. So, in that part where I was rummaging through my stash, looking for what yarns I could use to help finish the Jaffrey hat, mm-hmm. I realized that I have all of these little spheres of leftover fingering sock weight yarn from all of my pro- various projects. Mm-hmm. I would like to pose the question to the listeners, what would you do with all of these various little bits and pieces of yarn? Now, they're not just, you know, little strings. They are... Yeah, little small spheres. balls. Yeah. So I've been trying to avoid saying balls. Oh, honey. What the hell? This is us. Little nuts. Anyway. Little testicles. Yes. So what do you do with yours? Not your testicles. What do you do? <laughs> Please don't tell us what you do. 
Male listeners to the podcast, please do not tell us what you do with your testicles. I know some people have been doing the beekeeper's quilt. Or your testicles if you're a woman. Okay. All right. I know some people have been doing the beekeeper's quilt. There's also the, um, you can knit monsters probably with some of them, like yeah. plushy toys, a rimagumi. Yeah. I know. I don't know if I said that right, but I don't care. I've even um, seen some, like, some cute ones that people have done, not from a pattern specifically, but just cast on a bunch of stitches, knit away, maybe decrease a little, increase again. And just work as you go. You basically just Experiment. make these little blobs yeah. Yeah, that they stuff. I have seen uh, linen stitch scarves that have <laughs> a different yarn, like, every row. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering... <laughs> You've been there, done that, I, I've been there, but that was actually planned with all the different yeah. yarns. Like, this time... And it was rotating between three different yarns. This time, yeah. it, the scarf was completely, like, all Random, over the spectrum. Yeah. Which, you know, there's that. Does anybody else have any ideas of what they do? There's always that uh, sock blanket idea where you knit a square mm-hmm. and you put them all together. Has anybody ever made a garment out of bits and pieces of yarn? Mm-hmm. Like, the leftovers of yarn. Anyway, it's an idea, and then I kind of wanted to see what everybody... Else, like, do you have something that's really out there? Or you think that is really cool? Just wanted to know. If anybody has suggestions, feel free to email us, post a comment on the blog, post a note in the Ravelry thread, anything like that. Because I'm usually looking for stuff to do with ends of yarn, too, because I have bags. <laughs> like Ziploc bags, a gallon Ziploc There is still bags. the yarn bombing we should do. What about you? What are you knitting? I have finished some stuff. Yeah. Yay! And you're wearing them, too. Yes. Well, I'm wearing one set of stuff. I have finished, amongst other things, the Quigu hand warmers slash semi-fingerless gloves slash whatever the hell you want to call them. These are done in Quigu Painter Palette Premium Merino. So K-P-P-P-M. And I have no idea what color number, and they don't name their colorways, but it's pinks and purples and really pretty. And I just, I forget if I've mentioned this before, but I just made up the pattern as I went along. along. I've done a few pairs of mittens and gloves, so it's like, okay, I'll knit to this point, and then I know I have to start increasing for the thumb, and then when I get to, you know, the I just keep pulling it on my hand, and when I get to the end of, you know, when I get to my knuckles, or the base of my fingers, I start doing... This time I did little sort of mini fingerlets that go up to about the first knuckle on my fingers, and I swear to God, never again. I tell you people, I have this written down. Last night, is it last night at midnight or two nights ago? Uh, two nights. Two ago. nights ago at midnight, she was finishing off knitting these little fingerlets, like little tubes, teeny tubes of yarn, stocking knit stitch for her fingers. I hates it, precious. <laughs> I wrote that down because he hates it, precious. <laughs> Regarding knitting the little fingerlets for the gloves. Yeah, it's just, oh, it's just tedious. I mean, and I kind of, I wanted separate fingers because I do like it when I can pull them on and you know they get nice and snug, snug yeah, and everything. But you don't get as much when you have just a, a tube, like an open tube around the fingers. But at the same time, I hate doing. <laughs> I hate doing glove fingers. Oh we my hate god! It, we I hate it, it so much. I have one other pair of these that are still sort of in progress that I started a while ago in some like sport or DK weight. And like once I finished, I was doing the same thing with those. And once I finished those, I'm like, I swear to God, I'm doing this again. They don't quite match because with the, for the little fingerlets on the left hand one, I tried a couple different cast offs. 
to see which one would roll the least in the stockinette. And then for the right hand, I figured out, you know, really the reason it's probably rolling is because it's stockinette stitch. Yes. You know, you're probably not going to be able to cast off and counteract that. So I did like a couple rows of seed stitch. Yeah. At the top of each finger and then cast off. And those are nice and flat, as you can see. Yes. These ones roll. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not ripping them back and fixing them. I don't care that much. But they are pretty. They are warm. They keep my hands nice and warm. I was using them on Thursday, which was one of the really cold days, and it was really nice because, you know, especially working in the library, like, people would come in and they've had books that have been sitting in their car for an hour. Oh, cold, yes. When they haven't been in their car, so the books are freezing cold, and they hand them right into my nice warm hands, or not-so-warm hands, and it's like, oh, sweet Jesus, these are cold. So my hands get super cold at work, not to mention because it's small, and as I've mentioned before, not that well insulated. So, but they were, these were really nice at keeping my hands warm on Thursday while at work. And because, and I mean, I made them with the, you know, bare fingertips so Mm -hmm. that I can type Type, on the computer and I can do all sorts of stuff that I need fingertips for. So they work perfectly for work, which is nice. I also finished, again, with some wonderful timing, though I haven't blocked it yet. So I haven't been able to use it yet. And I haven't woven any ends yet. Because this is me we're talking about. (laughs) I finished the Strider Cowl from a pattern by Susan Pandorf. Stunning, beautiful piece of teal knitting. Yep. And it's it's also from her Lord of the Rings collection, as you might guess by the title. And it's done in Tannis Fiber Arts Erin Weight in her teal colorway. I can curl up a Strider in that. Mm-hmm. And I did... There's actually two sizes to it. There's a smaller one to use as sort of like a little you know, neck cowl, and there's a longer one that's about 18 inches long that I did, so that you can use it as a hood. And, ta-da! You look like a Jawa. Thanks. I think. I think. It's a nice little hood that goes around (laughs) my face and bunches up a little bit around my neck and hopefully keeps my neck warm. And hopefully it'll it'll make it a little bigger when I block it so that it'll actually sort of cover my shoulders a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I can imagine this nicely tucked underneath my jacket. My nice, warm, new, warm, down-filled jacket. Best timing ever. Yes. Which also happens to be teal. Well, you say happens to be as though it's a sheer accident. (laughs) Yeah, and this is actually not a solid teal. It's teal, but it's got these little bits of sort of black and bluey, purpley. It's like ocean current. Yeah, it's really cool. And I love Tannis. She has some gorgeous stuff. She does. And I have pretty much finished the Hobbit socks. I think I just need to cast off one of the socks. Um, I don't have them with me, but um, I just need to cast it off. I just haven't been, I haven't done it yet because a project that you need just need to cast off is not a good project to bring with you on the bus yeah. for commuting or anything else. So it's like I would have had to bring another project anyway, so I might as well just not bring the one that will only take a yeah. couple minutes. I need to get. Though that means I haven't done it yet. Once I finish this for my dad, I'm picking, I'm taking my Hobbit socks with me wherever I go because I think I just realized. Um, I may have only two pairs of knit socks, mm-hmm. because I've worn through quite a few. And yeah. I, and I keep giving them away. Yeah, that too. Yeah, this is the time of year also when I discover exactly how many of my knit socks have holes in them. Because I pull them on in the morning, like, ah, oh, damn, damn it. it! Scramble to grab another pair before I need to run out and get the bus. Um, I've also done a few more squares for that blanket I'm doing. I've gotten through, basically, I have done squares from one ball of each four colors. Like, pretty much all of... Okay. I've gone through almost all of the ball. Um, I still need to measure the ends of the balls that I have and see, like, weigh them. 
and weigh a square and see. I'm 12 years old because you said measure the balls. I'm sorry. I still need to weigh the, the yarn I have remaining and weigh one of the squares to see, like, if I have enough to make one more square out of each color. But I pretty much have, have used pretty much all of one color of e- one ball of each four colors. Okay. I do have another ball in each four colors. So after I finish all those squares, I'll lay them out, see how big they are, and then see if I want to order more. I think I probably will need to order more to get the size of the blanket that I want, but I am not too worried about that just yet. And I'm doing that one. I think I miss said what yarn it was last week. It's actually the it's the Nitpicks Brava. Ah. Brava is their acrylic. Okay. And it's 100% acrylic, but it feels rather nice. It's not like the really, really scratchy, squeaky acrylic. It's not, I don't want to say cheap acrylic, because this stuff is not terribly expensive. Yeah. But it feels nicer on the hands. So it's an economical, but nice alternative. Yeah. Especially when, like in this case, to the friend I'm sending it to, like I've said before, she has two dogs. So I don't want to yes. send her something where she has to worry about the dogs sitting on it or, you know, chasing the dogs off it or keeping it away from them. Yeah. So. Want to be able to be comfortable with it. Yeah. That is why acrylic is also used for baby gifts because the baby yeah. can, you know, Spit explode on it, on it yeah. and it can go into the washing machine and the dryer and not have any fears. Speaking of which, uh, I have another baby blanket to knit, <laughs> but I at least have until the fall until that one. Um, and then, actually, just today, I was going to start something with, because I have finished a few projects now, Yeah. I was going to start something with my Indigo Dragonfly, I think, Merino or Merino Nylon sock. I can't remember which, because they look the same. <laughs> they both have that nice tight twist that I like, um, and I don't exactly remember where the tag for it is. The tag um, the tag ran away. Yeah. Um, in the squid vicious colorway. Mm-hmm. But I, I sort of have project uncertainty. Like, I had sort of decided, oh, I'm totally going to do these socks, and I'm going to do it in this yarn. And then today I started casting. I sort of looked at the pattern, and I started casting on the yarn, and I'm like, I don't know if I wanted this to be this anymore. <laughs> so I might have to try out a couple more patterns. I want to do something, like, patterned. Because I've been doing, because with all the movies we were watching and stuff, okay, yeah, that's I've been true. doing a lot of stockinette socks, and even and then some of the other yarns I've been a lot of the, the other socks I've been doing have been just plain stockinette socks, and I want to do something with... Do some pretties? Yeah, more of a pattern to it. But that, of course, means trying to find the right pattern. Yeah. And with the amount of yarn and amount of patterns I have, it sometimes gets sort of... Overwhelming? Yeah, but it's sort of like, but there's all these... All these things I could do with it. I'm not entirely sure which it wants to be. The possibilities float before your eyes. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, so that's me. I have a couple other things I should start working on or should work on, and I have a couple more projects in my knitting basket which are unfinished that I should work on, but I will. I have decided I can cast one thing on to join, one new thing to join all the other no, things. No, that's I'm totally on. fair. That's, you've finished a bit. Monogamy? What monogamy? <laughs> no monogamy for me! Let me at least make it to my birthday, and then I'll go and whore myself out. <laughs> Moving into Geek Squee. Geek Squee! Geek Squee! I'm going to keep doing that until we actually get like a, a nice uh, quartet sing that for us. <laughs> you realize I probably could do four-part harmony with myself using... Get on that, woman! Because I ain't singing it. That would be more work. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, there's that. So okay. tell me, what has been the highlight 
of your oh, last you know, been, few days. Uh, you know, it's been kind of a quiet week. Not much has been happening. Except for, you know, there was this one Twitter feed that I started following. It was called... Oh, what was it again? It was ABC underscore shield. Because, yes... There she goes. You can't see the flailing. There she goes Um, with the hands again. Yes. ABC's shield has started filming the pilot. Like, actual, actual, actual start. Like, actually filming the pilot, and I have feels, you guys. Yeah, there has been... That's the Twitter... That Twitter account is the Twitter account for the show. There have already been, like, little, very vague sort of pictures that Uh, have shown up on it. You know, there's one of... You, you, you hadn't arrived yet to Knit Night, and that's when Lily, Lily said that S.H.I.E.L.D. had started filming. And I said, oh, that's why Karen's not here. We have to find the string that's attached to her and pull her back down from the stratosphere, <laughs> I swear. Yeah, they've got a few on the Mary Sue, though probably, again, probably best is just to go to the Twitter account, like I said. And it's all capital letters, though I don't think that really matters. It's A-B-C underscore S-H-I-E-L-D. And so there's a lot of, there's a few... Photos like one of Joss Whedon from the back, where he's dramatically backlit, looking at something on the set. There's one actually of one of the vehicles with the shield, shield vehicles, emblem with the shield logo on, on the, the side. On the side. And actually, I did see that before this one. Before I saw this official one, I actually saw one from a guy who was just driving around in L.A. and saw them like loading or unloading one of the cars onto the back of a fat flatbed. And the guy was basically tweeted it from his car. And there's a lot of discussion on Tumblr. I was of the people that were like, yeah, if that had been me, I would have crashed my car. One can hope you were in public transit at the time. Yeah. That way you could be... Oh, and I just love the uh, icon they use for the show. No, it's not a popular character. <laughs> I don't know why they do that. I know who they, I know who they could pick for that. It's Coulson. It's her boyfriend. <laughs> My superhero boyfriend, who's not a superhero. Who's not, I, I was going to say, he's not one of the superheroes. I don't care. He's still badass. So yeah, most of, I mean, most of the Pope photos and everything are just like teeny tiny little, you can't actually see anything sort of things, but it's still sort of like, oh my god, they're filming it. I cannot freaking wait for this. And along a similar line, actually, this isn't the only long-awaited show. Oh, you're going to tell <laughs> me that something else was filming? Or at least assembling? And no, not the <laughs> not, not Avengers. the Avengers. Not the Avengers this time. <laughs> not something that the fans have been rabid for. Not something that has been driving the fandom completely insane waiting for. Also this past week, the Sherlock's uh, production designer, Arwell Wynn Jones, which you can find at A-R-W-E-L-W-J-O-N-E-S on Twitter, has posted a few photos, starting with an empty house, like, as someone on Tumblr. Like, seriously, empty. <laughs> Which, if you've never read the, the Sherlock Holmes stories, Empty House is a very important story to Sherlock fandom because it's where Sherlock makes a big dramatic entry, we shall say. I still am reluctant to spoil things. And since then, he has posted other photos, including ones where you can see, like, a block, some flats. You can see them putting up sort of, like, steel rods to make the shape of the oh, set. Oh, okay. And then another one where you can see... Flats along the wall. Another one where some uh, someone is sweeping up some st- some dirt and stuff on the floor in front of another flat. Some of which have the two two one B wallpaper on it. So they are constructing the two two one B set. 
in preparation for filming. Cannot wait. I know. It just, ugh, it feels so good to have some actual progress on these things that we have been waiting for. I, seriously, at this, at this time, if you took the fandom and put them in some sort of armor, pointed them at some kind of monster invading force and said, go kill, and Sherlock is on the other side, they would be frothing at the mouth to be let out of yes. whatever barracks. Yeah, you guys, seriously, the, the weight is is really not doing good things with, with the fandom. The fandom's going a little crazy. It, it's hurting. It's yeah. hurting. Recognize that? Mm-hmm. I'd recognize those cheekbones anywhere. <laughs> well, not that. Not the photo next to it. The photo in the post. This is another one of the the doorway of 221B. The set version of it being constructed. So yes, finally, our, our wait, our wait is slowly, slowly coming to an end. But yes, so they're coming. We are going to have to do some sort Again, of... Again, I could be 12 years old, but... <laughs> we are going to have to do some sort of... Probably have to do some sort of... Se- I think we're going to have to do a separate... Maybe record some of ourselves while we watch the first episode. That is a good idea. And re- we'll, we would release it as a separate episode of the show. We would do a regular episode and we'd have a bonus. I saw something that reminded me of you. I can actually make this happen for the first episode of, of season three. Oh my god! They're little Aaron sweater cookies! Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's adorable! We could be nibbling on John's sweater. <laughs> I can't give you John, but I can give you his sweater. And I could probably make a, easily make a scarf one for Sherlock. Oh. Yeah, you do it like a black, or very dark navy blue with the little, pur- little like lighter blue scarf on it. And the purple shirt of sex underneath. Oh, yes. That would be awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, and uh, another brief mention, considering we are on the subject of Sherlock and therefore Benedict Cumberbatch. IO9.com had as their quote, their quote of the day on January 21st. Benedict Cumberbatch was talking about some of the, uh, the costumes in the new Star Trek movie. Yeah. Including the skin tight suit his character wears. That's right. His quote. He says the costumes look great. Some of them are very cumbersome and heavy, but some were very snug. You can almost see what religion I am. I would very much like to examine your religion, Benedict. <laughs> and I was, and I read this and thought, this is a problem. Why? Yes. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, you have that to look forward to in the Star Trek movie too. <laughs> That's probably almost worth the price of admission, really. Now moving on to other things. Oh, and uh, this is probably a good segue from this new Star Trek movie. Um, apparently, J.J. Abrams is going to have to have to either find a successor for the Star Trek movie, or he's going to be a very busy man. Yeah. Because he's going to, apparently he's going to direct the next Star Wars Wars movie, movie too. (laughs) I am extremely nervous about this whole next Star Wars movie. Not for myself, but for the fandom out there that I know is very, very judgmental of the Star (laughs) Wars work. (laughs) But maybe if J.J. Abrams does both of them, this can bring the fandoms together. Either in love or hatred, who knows. I really don't know how to comment on that. I yeah. Enter, you know, the whole we are the world. Yeah. Singing here. We are the world. The world we are. We are the fandoms. <laughs> Great. Now you're going to have to make up oh God, lyrics for that, that one, too. one too. Okay. They'll love it. You know you have a growing fan base. Oh god. 
My fan base is even weirder than Sherlock fans. <laughs> I doubt their sanity even more. Um, love you guys. But <laughs> <laughs> We're going to release a CD next year. Oh, God, no. Um, but apparently the Hollywood Reporter's Boris Kitt has said that sources say the negotiations are quite down the road. And Deadline is also reporting that it's a done deal, according to io9. So, it sounds like this is actually going to be happening. Of course, looking at the comments, there's a lot of people that are like, eh. <laughs> that aren't terribly enthused about it, but we shall see. Star Wars, now with more lens flares. Moving from, let's see, we've done the Avengers. Well, actually, more accurately, we've done S.H.I.E.L.D. We've moved to... Sherlock. Sherlock. We've moved Star to Trek. Star Trek. Star Wars. Star Wars. So let's round this all up with Doctor Who. Why not? Some more Doctor Who. And in a few places online this week, we've seen possibly the most amazing TARDIS dress This ever. is one of the epic garments yeah. of fandom that I've seen. Because, I mean, y'all have seen TARDIS dresses, little blue dresses with the white patchwork on it and everything with that. But have you seen a TARDIS dress that's bigger on the inside? It's beautiful. It is amazing. Uh, apparently created by Sasha Trebane. She wore it at the Boston Science Fiction Convention Aresia, where it went at the best masquerade for best in class, novice, <laughs> craftsmanship and best comedic duo, presentation, as well as a couple others. And it is amazing because it's basically a dress that has sort of a wraparound effect at the front. Right. Except you can unclip it from that wraparound. And open it up. Open up the door to the TARDIS. And she's got the interior of the TARDIS painted on the panel that is sewn into the inside. Yeah. The interior was painted by Andy Coyle. And it's not a cheesy line art thing. It is shaded and perspective and beautiful. Yeah. Like looking, just looking at the photo for a minute, you are sort of thrown because it does look, it does have the depth yeah. to make it look like it is actually bigger on the inside. It's like, and, whoa, wait a minute. And the only, only thing that I can see to top this off perfectly is if there were itty bitty teeny tiny little lights inside. And who knows, mm-hmm. she may have thought of that and had to have and had a practical reason for not putting that in. Who knows? And if you want to see the loads of pictures of this, as well as tell this person, holy crap, this is amazing, uh, search fa- go to Facebook and search for TARDIS Princess, and you will find the page dedicated to this cosplay, and it is amazing. And one of the cool things is, apparently, it's an old prom dress. Yeah. It's From a makeover. That Sasha didn't really like it to begin with. Because apparently she'd been sort of... I'm looking at an article at the Craft Jackstick blog. It's C-R-A-F-T-J-A-X dot blogspot dot com. And it's called Turning Your Bridesmaid Slash Prom Dress Into Your Cosplay Dress. And apparently she hated her prom dress. Like, absolutely hated it. She'd been pushed to go to the prom by a friend to begin with. And then the dress she ended up with was blue, which her mother wanted, instead of the red dress that she wanted. Um, so, you know, prom came and went, and the dress got shoved in the back of the closet for a couple of years, until the person who runs the blog, Jax Adele, was trying to help Sasha use, um, find a dress, trying to find a dress to use as the base of a Victorian steampunk costume. Sasha told Jax about this prom dress that she hated, and originally Sasha decided she wanted to be a Dalek. Mm-hmm. Which would have worked really well with the dress too, but then she realized the dress 
is pretty much TARDIS blue. Yes, it's the perfect shade of Yeah, it is like the same, practically the same blue. shade of blue. So she could be a TARDIS instead. And that's totally epic. Yeah. And so they realized when they were looking at the dress that it had all the extra fabric crossing over the front, so they split the seam down the front. Mm-hmm. And then and then Jax's husband is Andy, who painted the panel for the inside. And so they, then they sew yep. the panel for the inside to where the seam was in the old one. So, you know, she can open now open it up. Combine that with the police box choker. Yes, with a key on it. Yeah, with a key. And with the blue and the clear tiara, st- diamond tiara. tiara on her head. And it is... Oh, and she's apparently she wear, she's wearing Doctor Who British flag Chuck Taylors as well, though I can't actually see them in any, any of the photos because it's a floor-like dress. Yeah. And you have a TARDIS princess. And awesome. so we've seen uh, in a comment where... You know, when she goes out and people see the dress, people automatically like it. I mean, it's a TARDIS gown. Who wouldn't? But when she opens the door or opens the panel, that's when everybody just loses it and goes yeah. gobsmacked. Yeah. And I can I can just imagine the expressions on people's faces. Especially because, you know, you, she's got the, the windows across the, the chest. And so it looks like a TARDIS, as it is. And mm-hmm. people are all like, oh yeah, that's really awesome. And nobody thinks that it's going to open up and see the girl inside. <laughs> It's so cool. It's really cool. It's really well done. You guys have to see it. Yeah. It's <laughs> and there's some really fun cosplay from the con, especially with her and with someone who looks like they're dressed up like River Song being threatened by one of the Weeping Angels. And there's some really g- couple really good pictures at the awards as well, which I imagine that's the sort of outfit someone comes on stage for the cosplay con- competition and someone else who's like totally thinking they have it this year just looks at it and be like, Oh, oh crap. crap. I had it this year. I totally had it. Oh, and they have an in-process of the painting. Mm-hmm. Your sketch is the painting as well. Dude has my admiration. Try I think and figure from, out perspective of the in, on the inside of the TARDIS. I think with from Jax's blog entry, Sasha did some of the painting on it, too. Like, he, yeah. Andy drew it out and then told her what to paint where. And so she did some of the painting, too. So, yes, go to her Facebook page and leave lots of amazing comments, because holy crap. It's been on Geekology, it's been on io9, it's been on all sorts. It's hit the interbutts pretty hard. Yeah. Though, really, can you blame it? No. Think Geek gave her a shout-out. Nice. Now, speaking of TARDIS's Doctor Who and awesome stuff happening on yes. around the world, can it be reasonably said that New Zealand is doing all the really cool stuff of late? Yeah, because apparently... New Zealand is releasing a Doctor Who 50th anniversary commemorative coin. As in monies. As in real-to-be-used kind of monies. Well, I don't know if it's real-to-be-used. If it's legal tender. It doesn't actually... The article I'm looking at... I don't know anybody who'd want to use it. <coughs> anybody who gets a hold yeah. of it would, you know, want to hold on to it, and it'd be I'm like my precious... Mint sign, actually. You can actually see it at the New Zealand Mint. It's a one-ounce silver coin. If you go to... Uh, www.nzmint.com slash coins slash slash shop dash online slash doctor dash who you will see the Doctor Who coin. It's de- it's a $2 denomination. And what you're seeing on the coin, I mean, it looks like it's going to have a blue spacey background mm-hmm. and the TARDIS flying through space. Yeah, it's the TARDIS silver TARDIS. It, the TARDIS itself is silver. Two of the white uh, windows in the police box, well, are white. 
and it looks like the TARDIS is glowing quite a bit, and the ring around it is silver. Yeah, so it's going to have a dynamic... The TARDIS is going to be bursting out of a dynamic, high-quality, color-printed background. So, for any Canadians who are listening, think of the poppies yeah. on the uh, Remembrance Day coins, except in blue and black and stars. And as a, as a background element instead yeah. of a focal element. Yeah. And then on the other side, it's going to have Queen Elizabeth. So, as someone at, Mary, at the Mary Sue mentioned, you can play heads or TARDIS. <laughs> And then around the, on the border of the design, it says Doctor Who 50th Anniversary 1963 to 2013. It says here they still have to get approval for the packaging, but... Yeah, it's still subject to final license or approval. I really hope that goes through because it would come, it would arrive in its own TARDIS. Yes. In its own packaging. In a box. In a TARDIS. And apparently when you open the TARDIS, it It makes TARDIS noises. So... Seriously, come on. Come on, BBC. That has to be approved. Please be cool with this. Yeah. Yeah, it's a $2 denomination. It doesn't say, as far as I can see, what how much it will actually cost. I'm sure as we... Probably because it's coming soon. Yeah, it's a coming soon. So. so as it gets closer and closer to being released, we'll probably find out. Yeah, so keep checking the New Zealand Mint site to see how much that is actually going to cost. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you go to the, the website... New Zealand NZ Mint, nzmint.com. One of the splash images, the first splash image that comes up is the Doctor Who 50th anniversary coin. They're just doing everything that's cool of late. That is awesome. Transform. <laughs> they have Transformers what? ones as well. Alright, I want to go live in New Zealand. They're just cool. New Zealand is cool. Their government is geeky. Star Wars. They have a Zodiac collection. Titanic. Titanic. One last little thing. I think, I'm pretty sure I've seen this through knitting sources a little while ago. I don't think it's terribly new through the knitting community. But just recently on the Mary Sue, they featured a knitted model of the brain by psychiatrist Dr. Karen Norberg, because it's now on display at the Boston Museum of Science. It does look really familiar, so you might have seen it before. It looks like it's got a zipper in it. It does. It says there's even a functional zipper that connects the two lobes of the brain. That's so you can actually, cool! You can actually unzip it so that you can lay the brain out flat. And it says, according to the article in the Mary Sue, they says that it says that she used yarn because she felt that knitting could best convey the wrinkly nature of the brain, cerebellum. Brain how it, yeah. yeah. I have a friend that was... that. Went through med school, and she said that the uh, brain was like a giant oversized mushroom. Yeah. But yeah, if you go to themarysue.com slash yarn dash brain, you'll be able to see the article there, and there's actually a link to a large, longer article in the Telegraph that explains more about it. Like I said, I think it's something, like I said, it's something that people might have seen already yeah. through knitting blogs and stuff, but because it's it's now going on display at the Boston Science Museum. So if you're in that area... It does look a little bit, like, alien-ish, doesn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. And she used different colors of yarn for each part of the brain, too. And the picture that is on the Mary Sue is labeled. Moving into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes, we have a couple patterns. Well, one pattern and one book, actually. If you are on Ravelry, and by now I hope most of you are. If you're not, you guys are missing out, so... I showed this to Karen, and Karen said yes and yes, because everything in the picture attached to this is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll take one of everything. This pattern's name is Ferdy, F-E-R, 
D.Y. by Martin Story. It was just released this month, as in January 2013. It is a sweater cardigan with a shawl collar, and it's got a nice pattern work. This is for a guy, because there is some pretty cabling on that. There is... The cabling that's going on is not overly feminine. It is very masculine looking, and it happens to be in one of Karen's favorite colors, mm-hmm. which matches his eyes very oh, nicely. Oh, yes. I hadn't noticed that. that. Mm-hmm. I did. Yes, as you couldn't tell the model for it. It's quite delicious. And it's knit in DK weight. Okay. So it's uh, the description of it that I'm going to read. Cables create chevron-like movement in this oversized cardigan. The cuffed sleeves and bottom hem are ribbed to match the shawl collar. And let's see, it uses yardage. It did say it's oversized. So it uses anywhere from 2,400 to 3,500 yards but it does look very very nice and Mm -hmm. it's from the soft knit collection so i encourage everybody to check that out oh it's actually written it's actually done in rowan soft knit cotton Mm -hmm. and that would explain there is a note on the pattern saying due to the heavy nature of this garment it is advisable to reinforce the shoulder seams and back neck against stretching which makes sense especially with cotton but it is a gorgeous sweater it is it's beautiful and it's not a really nice looking guy too <laughs> really we hadn't mentioned that yet <laughs> but it is a gorgeous sweater it is in its own right because this is the kind of sweater where especially if it's going to go for a man it's going to be a little bit bigger mm-hmm. and you don't want to you know a lot of people say i would love to but the stocking net is just going to kill me or yeah. the garter is just going to kill me this will have enough interest to keep you engaged and keep you going yeah, and it's these, it's cables that make up these, this sort of arrow or, or chevron sort of pattern. So it's not, it's also not tradi- sort of very traditional yeah. cable, like fisherman sweater cable pattern sort of thing. So advise you to check it out. Interesting. It, it is very nice. You might want to check it out to see if there's a dude in your life that might like it. And if your dude doesn't like it, find another dude. I don't know. <laughs> or help if, you know, if, you know, the ladies might want to take a look at it too. Yeah, I know. Okay, and the other pattern, well, this was a pattern, it was a pattern that Maggie had found, she had recently refound, um, and this is actually in something that I've been meaning to talk about because I got it for Christmas. So the book is called Knitted Lace, a collection of favorite designs from Interweave, and it's edited by Anne Marrow. And basically it's a collection of patterns, lace patterns, that I think most of them, if not all of them, have appeared in Interweave magazine. I think you brought this to Knit Night one night and passed it around. Yeah. And as I was flipping through it going, that's lovely, that's lovely, that's lovely. Holy moly, I just came in my pants. <laughs> and it was that stole that did it. Yes, the Forest Path stole. Some of you might remember this when it was in Interwave magazine. It is quite an amazing piece of lace. So it's new to me, but it's a callback to, to other people. Yeah. Which is one reason we wanted to mention the book, because... You know, if you have all of the magazines, maybe you don't, maybe you might not want to get the book. Though I actually, I bought the book partly so that I would have some of the patterns in it that I have in magazine form in a slightly more durable form. Because I would like to do the Swallowtail Shawl and maybe the Fountain Pen Shawl again. And I do have those issues. It's just this will hold up better. But the Forest Path Stole, it, so it's basically... A stole made up of little entrelock blocks. Okay, so they're alternating blocks, like, yeah. like a brickwork. And they, they go in different directions, too. Right. How much yarn does that take? I know I don't But have, each block know, is but... done in either the fern, lily of the valley, or birch leaves lace 
pattern. <laughs> and there's actually a little drawing to show you how each tier of blocks goes. Remind me that I can't start that yet. <laughs> It doesn't give the overall. It says the yarn that was used was uh, Surrey Elegant Surrey Alpaca, 875 yards to 100 grams skein, three skeins. Mm, okay. So let's round that up to 900 yards, so about 2,700. 2, yeah. All right. Well, I'm safe for, because I don't have that in all the same yarn. Yeah. That's for a shawl that's 30 inches wide and 85 inches long. After it's blocked, use two skeins for a shawl that's 71 inches long. So theoretically, if we went to the Frolic and I got something to match that Marrakesh that I have, I'm just saying, it could happen. Yes, it could happen. And basically how you do it is, I think from what I understand with Entrelac, you sort of knit one little panel and then you pick up stitches along the side and knit out the other way, creating yeah. a block. Another block that's sort of connected to it, and then you knit another block off that one. Yeah, I've never knit entrelock before, and I suppose if I were going to do this, it might be a good exercise to do a simpler entrelock. Yeah, as like a, plain stockinette entrelock. Just as a test, or as a, as a practice experience. Oh my god, it's gorgeous. Yeah, and there are little triangles you work for the plain triangles that you work for the edges that you start building the blocks off of. So pretty. It is super pretty. It is also... Looks like it could be a little crazy-making. Oh, listen to you talking about <laughs> crazy-making. Meanwhile, if you'd like to look at the other... Or see the other patterns in it. Of course, you can always search Ravelry for the Knitted Lace book. And it's got a lot of really neat little patterns. There's there's some fairly simple ones, like the Sen Scarf. Mm-hmm. Or the Sen Scarf by Ann Budd, which was an interne- interweave knits weekend in 2009. Or the Simply Lovely Lace Socks, which is a very simple little lace pattern. There's hats. There is, of course, a few stoles and shawls. There's even a couple lace, mid-lace skirts and a couple sweaters. There's also some interesting articles. There's sort of articles in between some of the patterns. Like there's one here uh, about how to shape lace garments by Yuni Jang. You know, there's suggested cast-ons and bind-offs in another little, they call them lace lessons. So there's some really neat informational stuff in here too. And even the, the articles, it looks like they have appeared in past issues of of interweave knits as well. If you've only been knitting for a little while, and so of course you don't have this backlog uh, or this large sort of library of knitting magazines, or if you, like me, or you know, if you only have a couple issues of the magazines, or if you, like me, you just want you know, them in more of a book form instead of just in scattered issues everywhere, you might want to pick that one up. Like I said, that's Knitted Lace, edited by, edited by Anne Merrow, M-E-R-R-O-W. Okay, so that's us for this week. Stay warm inside of your tauntauns. Or, you know, hopefully you're someplace where it is warm right now. Yeah. Though, uh, hopefully not as warm as it is on Australia by the, by the sound of it. Because, oh my god, it sounds hot there. We sympathize with you guys and hope that you cool off soon. Yep. You, we could send some of our cold your way. But, you know, as usual, we love you. Take pictures, send them to us, you know, especially of all the naughty parts. Oh, wait a minute, sorry. To you, maybe. Yeah. If I get any of those, if any of those appear in the Knit One Geek 2 email box, I am forwarding them to you. <laughs> yeah, you know you have a really good knitting group when, you know, our knit night last oh, God. last night, I mean, we were just howling because it, it was just good, and we broke Lauren a couple times over, but, you know. <laughs> so, stay safe, everybody. Yep. 
And we will hopefully see you next week. Yep. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knitonegeek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K 2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit one geek 2. Have a good week, everybody.